Is that tea, honey? Wait, she said what? No. Absolutely not. Pour me the rosé. Okay. Okay. My reality TV obsession can't be tamed. I know, right? Yeah, it was just like a cute little hangover. Oh my god. Here. Okay. Welcome back to another episode of Coastally Speaking. Hello, my coastal babies. I am solo for this episode. Savannah is currently road tripping to Virginia from New York. And I'm going to do a little Bravo special hour. So for my Bravo babes, this one's for you. I've got a lot to catch up on. I've been religiously watching the new episodes of all of the new premieres this past week. And I, I'm just happy my shows are back, to be honest. Southern Charm, absolutely love, cannot wait for what is about to transpire this season. Salt Lake City started last week, having a Jen Shaw informant on the cast, and this time we're not just like busting somebody that is a cast member, it is like somebody who is, who's a witness on her case, actually. Um, I am so excited to see what Monica brings to the table. Um, we're about to wrap up New York City, which I think has been a pretty good season for a reboot and for like an all new cast members. And I definitely have some of my favorites and some that I have questions about, which we'll get into in a little bit. On to Salt Lake City. I just saw that Jen Shaw in prison has made besties with Elizabeth Holmes. And if you don't know who that is, she was the one that was like trying to sell the machine uh, that could do your blood test at home. It was like an impossible feat. She lied about things, got arrested. Long story short, scammed people for a machine that was never able to exist. In prison, these two have become the best of friends and I do think it's quite funny. I feel like last year, 2022, was like the year of the scammer. Like we had the Anna Delvey, we had the Twinder Swindler, we had so many scams, so many scams. And um, 2023, I feel like is the year of them thriving. I have no idea where the Tinder Swindler is today, but I do know Anna Delvey just, while on house arrest, had a fashion show on her rooftop while she's partnered with Kelly Catron. So, you know. Things could be worse. You steal money from friends, you go to prison for a little bit, have a TV show made about you, and then get out of jail, do a little house arrest, and have an epic fashion show on your rooftop. The year of the scammer continues. So with that, it's obviously a Jen-less season, and um, I actually really like the beginning of Salt Lake City. I feel like Salt Lake City, for some reason, out of all the franchises, has the worst rep, and I don't understand it. I think the drama is juicy, and like you have family members, you have the Mormon church, you have quite eccentric characters between Meredith, Lisa Barlow, Heather Gay, and Whitney. So then you literally have the FBI surrounding this van to arrest Jen Shaw, and it was just like, what is happening? So this season, uh, Jen's obviously in prison, and we have entered new character, Monica. Monica was Jen's assistant and was also an informant, I feel like, to the CIA or FBI. I always get these two confused as to which one does which, but I think it's the FBI. She like talked to the FBI because Jen had propositioned her for a business opportunity. She just had to do XYZ and she'd be making six figures and Monica went to her friend that worked at the FBI and asked, like, is this legal? Like, is this, does this make sense? 
and the FBI friend told her to like stay away from Jen's shop because we have an entire file, an ongoing investigation going on about her right now. So Monica knew, and then I guess Monica became one of the like witnesses on Jen's case, like to speak to the judge and tell her side of the story of what she knows. Absurd, absurd. And usually we have these women that get on the show and it's just like flaunting this never ending level of wealth, right? It's like giant houses, so many cars, fur coats, every designer from head to toe. And, and then we come to find out how they accumulated this wealth and it's money laundering of some sort or fraud of some sort. And I think it's actually really refreshing this time to bring on Monica, who is not, who's a single mother, who is not flaunting wealth, who actually, you know, had a little cry moment with her mom talking about feeling like she has to keep up with things and like that she's embarrassed by it and she went to Louis Vuitton even though she knows she shouldn't and bought a purse. And then like these are relatable qualities. This is something that kind of has been lacking, I feel like, in the Housewives franchise. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like, yeah, typically it's like people are like, no, they're not that wealthy, and they're like, yes, we are. And I like the idea that she went on there and was just like, listen, I don't have what these women have, and I wouldn't spend what these women would spend. And I don't want to be made to feel bad about it, but it's hard to not feel left out. And I think especially having grown up in an affluent town and whatnot, like, it's like, yeah, the standards are are presented by, I think, what's the norm, you know, where, I don't know if that makes sense, but when I was like in junior high, where when I think about it now, I think of how ridiculous it is that we're talking sixth grade, so what, like 11? I was a year younger than everybody, so I don't know, 10, 11, 12. I remember, like, everybody had coach purses. Coach purses were the thing, and it was like the tiny little, like, envelope size purse like we had flip phones back in the day <laughs> hey. so you could literally fit your phone flipped clothes and if you had a sidekick good luck and then maybe like a lip gloss like a juicy tube or something like they were so small and just like one thin strap that like went barely over your shoulder starting at 125 ranging to uh, close to 300 dollars and like it, in the grand scheme of things, is it a lot? No, but for like an 11 year old to be walking around feeling like they need to keep up with like standards or keeping up with the Joneses, I think that's so crazy. But it's also in the same sense, in the same breath, it's it's so normal, you know? It's just like, it's kind of what happens. So that's why I do think it's refreshing to have somebody come on to this franchise that's like, no, like I'm a normal person. I'm a mom just trying to like make it, have friends. She was excommunicated from the church. She's got a story. Boy, does she have a story. Was not expecting her sleeping with her husband's sister's husband to be the reason why she got excommunicated from the church. I will say it was actually refreshing her just putting it out there on the table versus finding it out from Daily Mail or one of my many Bravo accounts that I follow. She was just like, yep, this is this is me. I I this is who I am, take it or leave it. And I actually really appreciate that. I think it's very refreshing. I think she's a great addition. And apparently she's got a lot of tea on the other women. I liked in the first episode, she was like, watching these women filming, you know, and seeing how they act and how what they talk about, I know the dirt on them. So it's just interesting seeing that this is how they want themselves portrayed, where it's like, 
obviously they're going to want themselves portrayed in a good light if you know bad things about them. But also, shed some light. Shed some light, because that's what we're here for on Bravo. It's all for the tea. And I'm like, is the tea involving Lisa Barlow and those basketball courtside tickets? I just need to know where that came from. I do. I do. Return of Mary Cosby. I still need clarity on the cult. I feel like that just got very much swept under the rug. It was like dis her church was like disassembled, if you will, like last year, two years ago. And then it's like she comes back this season and we're just like not talking about her church. And I'm just, I'm just very curious about it. Like, are we still Big Rob? How are things going? But she killed me calling the Trixie Motel looking for a bottle of 03 Dawn Perignon and that reaction, golden. She is great for television. Half the time she makes me uncomfortable, but I think that's like kind of the point. Like at least they're evoking some sort of emotion, but she, she adds comedy to a show that doesn't really call for it, but like so necessary and I appreciate it. So Mary Cosby, welcome back. Angie Kay, new addition to the Housewives cast and she was relevant from last season. She was besties with Jen Shaw, got a glass of champagne dumped on her head. And I guess that is enough to secure you as a housewife. I personally am not a fan of that decision. I think that she's not relatable. I feel like she's not likable. She's very one dimensional. Even seeing how she had the filming for her, with her family, it's just very like, you're gonna do this and this, and isn't our life so great? So then when you smash cut to the double date between Angie, Kay, her husband, and Whitney and Justin, I couldn't have cringed more. I couldn't have cringed more. Her husband's like really getting deep at some point and is trying to like talk about how crazy it is with like having separate lives and just at one point you wake up one day and you're just like, where's my spouse? Who are they? And she kind of cuts him off because she's like, yes, like my our, our daughter sleeps in the bed. So he turns over and he's like, where's my wife? You know, and she's, I'm on the other side because our kids are, and he's like, that is not what he was talking about. That was not what he was talking about at all. I think that he was trying to say that like, feeling like you're disconnected from your partner. And that's where the psychological thing, because I did see a TikTok. I did see a TikTok that was talking about us Bravo watchers specifically and like how we feel bad for people that can't really get there because you think it's just like watching some trash television show because that is not what I'm getting out of this. Like I am getting this, this sociological experiment. I am getting, reading the psychology of people, why they do the things that they do, noticing patterns. Like if you ever want to observe people that are nothing like you or even find people that do have similarities. I don't know what you're into, but I'm like observing people in an environment that is foreign to me or someplace that I wouldn't want to be personally, but watching these people live life and how they interact with each other, the choices that they make. There are people that are, you know, inherently good. There are people who are inherently ready, addicted to chaos and ready for the drama. And it's phenomenal watching it. It really is. So when you're watching something like that, where I'm like, oh, like I feel like I am getting an inside look into your therapy session. I feel like I am ready to diagnose, even though I am not certified. And I know that, and I don't go around just like saying certain things, but then at the same time, these are my opinions. It's my opinion. And like that just like helps me, I think, interact with people on a daily basis where I'm like, mm, 
She said this, but she did this. Watch people's actions, not their words. People will say anything on a reality TV show and they will do the exact opposite. So it's, I think it's very intuitive. I think it's very educational. (laughs) You got to sit down and watch it. You just really got to try. So going back to Angie Kay and her husband. Watching that moment, I was like, wow, I feel like I am seeing a needed therapy session. I am seeing that there is a major communication disconnect here, but also that she's just not the woman that he married, obviously. And she cares more about the opinions of others or being portrayed in a certain way than she does the relationship with her husband. So that I'm like, call it now, but like, we'll see. Cause reality TV really does put a magnifying glass. I feel like on people's relationships. Um, I don't think it's so much that it makes or breaks a relationship because we've seen that with like the Gorgas on New Jersey Housewives and like them like ride through pretty much everything and anything being thrown at them. Like there's a cheating accusation, I feel like six times a year. Uh, there's an accusation about their businesses 10 times a year and yet they they ride for each other and, and I appreciate that. But I do think that If there are issues in your relationship and you have a camera crew following you around for most of three months straight, most I feel like the veil is going to be lifted. You are going to see things or even just like for the first time, see things in your relationship that you didn't see before. Or if there are things that you were ignoring, trying to hide, they're going to come out. Because you can tell by how people communicate with each other if this is a kind of force for television. For example, uh, Lisa from Miami and her husband, like their interactions were very one-sided, you know? And it was like, oh, then it comes out two, three years later that he's having an affair. And it's like, are we shocked by that? I don't know about Miss Angie K. I think she might have made a poor choice by wanting this so badly. But it also leads me to believe that she endured the awful treatment from Jen for this exact reason. So it's also kind of one of those, be careful what you wish for, hun, because... And I hope that it's everything that you thought it was going to be, but I just have a feeling it is not. Lisa Barlow, one of the funniest people on, like, made for reality television, if I do say so myself. Um, Losing her $60,000 ring within touching down at the airport, classic, classic. And I love that she kept saying, it's just really sentimental, you know? It's just really sentimental because, you know, it's expensive. It was a $60,000 ring. And I love the fact that she has two other diamond bands that went underneath that third one that are smaller. Like they literally go progressively from smaller to larger. And it's just like, why was that necessary? Why is it necessary to have that many diamonds on one finger? Like literally one finger alone worth $100,000. And I'm also like, I don't know. And as I said, that's probably dark, but like I just wouldn't feel comfortable flaunting that type of wealth. I don't know. I just, I don't think it's wise, Lisa Barlow. But when she said that she trusts anybody who signed an NDA over her husband, classic Lisa Barlow, I cackled and then it's like part of me is like oh i love lisa barlow so much but i'm like could i be friends with somebody like that in real life she's a lot and the last person i'll talk about miss whitney rose um i really want to like her i do i like i genuinely want to like her so much every season but she is the pot stir of all pot stirs on that cast it's absurd it's like 
you go on there having issues with your cousin you make up they did an ultimate girls trip right they make up and then it's like here we go again you guys sit in a hot tub she tells you she doesn't like angie k and then meredith specifically did not invite angie k on this trip and then you because you're at a double date to where you're the one that spills the beans that like oh she's not invited on this trip because you feel bad that you made her feel some type of way that now you're like oh you know what i'm gonna invite you i'm gonna invite you as my plus one and it's like that is so insanely rude i'm a virgo i would flip out i'd flip out if somebody not only wasn't invited but we're not talking like a dinner at like our local whatever we're talking a flight so now I am stuck on a trip that I planned with somebody that I didn't want to be there for days on end. Absolutely absurd. So rude. Oh, and speaking of some drama, um, I saw that Lindsay Hubbard from Summer House recently made a statement to Carl's calling off of their engagement and their wedding and that she had no idea, she was completely blindsided that this would be a decision that she would want to work out if there's a possibility and that Carl pretty much made it seem as though there is no reconciliation. And I just think this is so crazy. Like, what do you guys think? Because I didn't buy their relationship in the beginning. I really didn't. Um, they were so annoying. The babe, babe, babe babe, 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 like it was just so much, you know, so much. And then I was like, okay, as they started to like kind of settle down, especially when Lindsay went um, sober for Carl, I was like, oh, okay, there's promise here. There's, there's a chance that this could work out. Babes, no. Once uh, she came back the next season and they were like, role-playing I guess for the cameras which I was like first of all that is so personal and so creepy so weird that you would want the cameras filming you guys turning each other on while she's in like this like plastic nurse costume doing the babe overload it was just a lot so I just didn't buy it I didn't buy it then so if anything I was actually shocked that like it made it this far but then I was like oh okay again stop being so judgy even though that has to do with reality tv shows but i was like stop being so judgy because their relationship is like so different than yours that and like for me i'm like this would be my nightmare but just because it's like like this just because this is my nightmare this could be your dream your ideal situation and clearly from what we saw and what was portrayed i definitely thought that it was the idea that carl could have been wavering with this wedding decision for so long engagement whatever it was I, I don't think he regrets the engagement i think he just like regrets or didn't want to go through with the wedding but i'm just like the idea that you let this like bridal shower come up right? like there's so many things that like came up her bridal shower was in august so it was like two weeks before he called off the wedding their wedding guests have already booked their flight have booked the hotel and I don't know if this is true. I overheard this from some source. And they said that Carl had a, a deal with the hotel to which, where they were supposed to get married. And because of how close in time it is, like none of their guests can get refunds for their trips. But Carl and the hotel still get a percentage from like like from all of these rooms being booked out 
even though they're canceled. And in his apology note, he was like, you can still go on this vacation, have fun, or, you know, I don't really know what to tell you, but I'm really upset about what's going, like, yeah, just shithead. I know, I'm sorry, my grandma was like, you have to stop cussing so much on your podcast, but there is no other word for this man but shithead. He is. Um, I'm not a big Lindsay Hubbard fan, I will say that. I am a Paige, Amanda Gurley all the way, Sierra, what's up? But nobody deserves to be treated like that. Nobody deserves to let their hopes get up that high and then have it be like ripped away from you. Like that is just, it's just disturbing behavior. It's the lack of respect for me. Like no woman deserves to go through that. And and how mortifying, how mortifying. They're supposed to get married in November. Like that is just more and, and the fact that she didn't even know that he literally had cameras meet up with them for him to break up with her on camera on camera like the the incineration that would occur to his house and everything that he loves like you're not only going to humiliate me and cost us so much ruining this wedding but you're gonna humiliate me on camera, and by the time that she gets to heal from this, she's gonna have to watch it all over again. Because we don't even get to get, see Summer House until what, next summer? The idea that Winter House is just starting um, next week, I think, in two weeks, and we've been talking about Winter House since Scandaval. Because Tom Sandoval went to go film that show before Vanderpump Rules. Before they started filming last season of Vanderpump Rules. So that is just insane to me. Like they gotta, they're gonna expedite the filming of, or like the release of Summer House because Summer House needs to come out in winter because I don't, I don't have any need to wait. And I also just think that's kind of cruel. Like don't make Lindsay have to watch her engagement unravel six months after the whole thing happened. Like, and then have to go on a reunion about it. Oh my God. I'm like, I'm just now realizing, I'm like, yeah, this is, it's, it's, it's messed up. It is so messed up. And man, my heart goes out to her. I, I really hope she does find the one because I know she really thought Carl was it. We watched her in multiple relationships on Summer House and nobody deserves that. I know it doesn't matter what type of person you are. It nobody deserves that kind of treatment especially from somebody that is literally telling you that they love you like no so shocked but true team hub house over here i can't wait for summer house but i'm gonna have to wait a really long time so since i will be waiting a long time for that let's get into the hot mess that is southern charm this season oh my god oh my god like I wasn't prepared. I was not prepared at all. I thought, like, I remember hearing all the rumors about Austin and Taylor, obviously. I don't live under a rock, and I sometimes read Dumas. She doesn't come up on my fucking thing anymore as often as I would like, but back then, I feel like it was only, like, Southern Charm and Summer House people being talked about. So, anyways, point being... Shep's ex-girlfriend, Taylor, the rumors are floating around that she has slept with Austin, who is also one of Shep's best friends. Um, when 
they open up that show with Shep talking about how he had to get out of town and how he went to Australia. And that Fozzie Bear, his freaking self, flew down to Australia for a free trip, of course. Let's <laughs> let's call it for what it is. This was not a friendship crusade by any means. He was there for the free trip to Australia. Um, but he went to go meet Shep, who is trying to get over his relationship with Taylor um, and heal from it even though he was the one who cheated. So, like, riddle me that. Again, I just don't understand things like that. You're the one that cheats, and yet you need to get away to recover from the choices that you made? Like, make it make sense to me. I really don't understand that that whole thing. Like, you just like, ugh, it was just really, it's been really tough on me. Like, yeah, you cheat on your girlfriend, you call her an idiot and tell her to shut the F up, and talk to her any type of crazy way, and then you broke up with her. Well, she broke up with you because you cheated or attempted to cheat, whatever it may be, but like, you're the one that needs to heal from it. And she said that she tried to like, make it work and that he refused to put in any work. And yet, again, we're coming back into this like, woe is me, you know, I can't believe my life worked out like this, it's giving Tom Sandoval, it's giving, taking no responsibility, and I saw somebody's TikTok that was like, we're really seeing a vulnerable side of Shep, and I'm just like, no, no we're not, we're seeing like a jaded side of Shep, like, oh, something isn't working out the way that you wanted it to, and you can't throw money at it to fix it, so now you're at a loss. Like, that's what it's giving. It's not giving evolved human being because you spent a couple months in Australia, so I don't know where we're getting that from, but I, I, I strongly disagree, clearly. I have also know that Taylor's brother passed, um, I think, over the summer, and that's not an excuse to her behavior, but I think it does explain some of the unhinged behavior, being that the person that she probably felt the safest and closest to to talk about with those about those things um, has very much left her on her own. You know, he kind of he kind of left with the bang, no pun intended. So I understand her kind of feeling lost, and I think that that's a lot of what we're going to see this season is. Taylor is very lost, um, and what we're gonna see is Austin staying true to who he is. Even going back to the summer house, winter house, Sierra, Lindsay Hubbard, and Austin love triangle. Am I blind here? Like, even Madison, I love Madison so much, and I'm just like, what did you, what did you see? Chelsea, his ex Chelsea from like season three or four, awesome. Like he's dated some pretty awesome women and yet he gives so little, like gives so little. So I'm just like, is he just finding these women at the right time? Like he just does the bare minimum and gets away with it because I can't find one charming, redeeming quality besides that he's tall and, and we gotta, we gotta stop with that. We gotta stop with that. A, a standard should not be height. Okay? It just really shouldn't. It really shouldn't. And his, I understand he seems sweet and personality-wise, but I'm just like, 
dating he's not a boyfriend he's not boyfriend material so watching him sipping tea and talking to craig being like it's just so weird like all my friends like all my drinking buddies they're they have kids and wives and and, and they can't go out and it's like yeah you're almost 40 like what do you what do you mean <laughs> like you're shocked that your 40 year old friends can't come meet you at the bar at 10 p.m on a tuesday i just it, it makes no sense to me. And it's also like, what are you doing? The idea that Craig, that Craig is the most put together guy on this show, at least this season for me. I don't know what that's saying, guys. I'm like, you know, everybody made fun of his pillows. He's got a sewn down south pillow storefront. He's in Kroger's and online. Uh, he's got a consistent long-term girlfriend every chance he gets, he, he's always in a committed long-term relationship, even he's loyal. And now he's building his dream house. And I'm just like, when did this happen? I mean, granted, he had his moments on like summer house that were not, we're not good. We're not good. So, you know, I, I think he's really redeeming himself. I love Paige. I love Paige so much. So I do feel like she's to blame or to give props to you for his growth because I know it's not his environment and I know it's not the people he surrounds himself with. So if, if Corey from Summer House was any indication of who he hangs out with outside of Austin Shep in the gang, um, it's a little scary out there. So bless your patience, Paige. I did say on my TikToks, I was like, I have concerns about Craig and Paige though. I'm like, Paige is like thriving. She's like a podcast girly, giggly squad, love them. She is on, you know, two reality shows now. She's been doing like fashion week, kind of being a fashion girly in New York. I'm just like, where is where are the opportunities for her in South Carolina? Gwen, Gwen's? And no disrespect to them, they are like the Bloomingdale's of Charleston, but like, it's just not the same. It's just not the same. So when Craig was like, she's going to be spending 70% of the time here and 30% New York, I was like, I feel like this is the first that Paige has heard of this. I don't think that one person should have to sacrifice where they live, everything that they have to be in a relationship. And we watched in Summer House Paige have an entire freak out about the idea of leaving New York, leaving her family, her job is there, her, her whole life is there. And... For Craig, who moved to Charleston, he's been there, I'm sure, over a decade, but, you know, you you moved and you, you got comfortable somewhere. Um, Paige is actually, like, born and raised a New Yorker, so it's like, her roots are there, you know what I mean? I'm just, I, I think you're asking so much more of Paige to sacrifice over the fact that, like, yeah, Craig built his dream house, but you can still own that house and rent it out. But I'm like, if the whole thing is trying to make somebody feel bad about not spending enough time there, I don't know. I just don't think it's a good move. I don't think it's a good look. And they've only been together for a year. So I'm like, in the grand scheme of time, it's really not that long. And I think I've said this on other podcasts, but like my boyfriend and I were long distance for like the first year, first two years. And I think that it kind of allows there to be distance and trust versus 
like I I personally think it's kind of weird that a couple doesn't want to go more than three days or five days apart like I just don't think it's realistic I mean if your jobs don't allow that or you're not living together like that and I understand that Craig wants to live together but I'm just like you guys are doing a long distance relationship so again if you're not willing to sacrifice living in Charleston why would you expect that Paige should have to do that as well I just I don't know so I mean I'm rooting for them obviously I didn't love them as a couple at first but I do now and you know I hope that they can make it work but at the same time I don't know. This this seems like it might be a bigger issue than not. As I said earlier, like wanting to be sensitive to what has gone on with Taylor and like not ripping into her, even though she's displayed one of my least favorite qualities in a friend, in uh, a woman, in in general. Um, I am very much a Stasi, like I just don't have the same sympathy for cheaters and affairs or friends who hook up with their friends' partners. I just, it's very like hooking up with a married man. It's just very like one strike and you're out for me because I'm just like, when you know that there's another person, I don't care if they're the worst person in the world and that's the reason why he's cheating or whatever it is because his wife is so horrible like I don't care if you know that there's another person at play that you've never spoken to that you don't know and and not even that if you know then that makes it better by any means absolutely not but I'm just like we're taking a narrative from one person who's willing to hook up with somebody while being in a committed relationship no no I don't have sympathy for you I don't I think getting involved with married people is just an absolute no. And then I think, I don't know, which is worse. Um, I think it's actually worse, yeah, to hook up with one of your best friends, ex-boyfriends, current boyfriend, uh, partner, husband, whatever it may be. I just know. Um, my rule is that any of my friends' partners, when I meet them, um, A, they essentially become a sexual being to me. Um, they're, you are a Ken doll, you have no parts, no, no nothing that would ever allow a sexual anything. Two, is that like, I always find a nick. I'm just like, mm, the way they eat, the way they do, bleh, bleh, bleh. and I'm sorry, it's uh, not, I didn't say it's the most logical, ethical, whatever way of going about things, but like, it's just what makes sense to me. So even, Five years down the line, if you break up or whatever, like there will never be a situation to where I'm hooking up with my friend's ex-boyfriend because it's like, nope, you've got, got the ick <laughs> and you don't have a pureness. You don't. You just don't. You just, you, you have no boy parts. You just don't. And, and that has always worked for me. So, um, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep at it. So with Taylor and Olivia, like my heart breaks for Olivia, I... She wasn't my favorite last season. I'm not going to lie. I was very, like, on the fence with her. I was like, did we do the right thing, bring this girl on? I don't know. This season, I'm like, ah, there there goes Andy. There goes Bravo. There goes everybody. One step of freaking head because Olivia's not stubbornness. I don't know what the right word is. Olivia's, like, like hard-headed in the way that, like, she's very 
sticks to her guns and like I do love that about I love that about her but like it was very like isolating I feel last season and this season I feel like we're like watching her like really own who Olivia Flowers is and when Aston like confronts her about not texting him back on Christmas and I just love the fact that she's just like not that girl you know she was just like what what do you need from me to like make everything okay for you and not in a way of like how can I people please? She was just like, dude, like we've got really nothing to talk about. So you want me to say like, we're cool. We're cool. Like, what do you, what do you need? And he was of course a giant baby about it. But I also have to say her makeup this season, she needs to drop the routine because she's flawless. She literally looks like airbrushed. I'm like, what are you using? And I, I gotta comment. I gotta, I gotta know. I have to know. Watching Olivia and Taylor around that lake and having conversations about Austin I, I was getting the vibe that like whatever has transpired between Austin and Taylor has already happened um she got kind of like weird she had weird mannerisms throughout that conversation and then when they're at Madison's party Leva tells Taylor and Olivia that Shep is there and Taylor has like zero reaction but when Leva says that Austin is there. She has like an even bigger visceral reaction to which I was like, that's interesting that you would react more facially and like your body language just change with the mention of Austin, but not so much Shep, who you would think is the person you're more, most intimidated to be seeing, you know? I really, I, 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 I choose that I can't believe that that was a real wedding party for Madison because I'm just like she's smarter than that so I'm like you're like pulling a Tamra producing card here right because you would just never invite this group of people to a wedding celebration for you with your new husband and featuring a martini bar you just you just wouldn't right right because what what went down I would be mortified if my parents were there. I would be mortified if family were, were there. I didn't see Hudson there, which obviously Martini Bar, but I'm just like, it wasn't giving like as authentic of a, of a wedding party. So after Taylor like talks to Shep and it's this weird surface level conversation, she like runs over to Austin and like Austin is like rubbing her arm and comforting her. And then when she's screaming at Craig, she's telling them that like, you don't care about me. Uh, nobody does. The only person, guy in this group that cares about me is Austin. And it's just like, why is this your selling point? Why is this your comparison? And especially if you two slept together, there's a reason why Austin was there for you, you know, and hasn't, wasn't there for Catherine, wasn't there for the, 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 Naomi last season. I'm just like, there's so many situations to where I'm like, there's a reason why Austin was there. The fact that Shep and Craig didn't even pick up on that is a little astonishing. Also, Austin has had a history in the past of like throwing his friends under the bus, telling his friends like deep darkest secrets or whatever it may be. It's it's just strange to me that like nobody's like second guessing it at this point, or maybe just nobody would think that he would go that low to hook up with his best friend's ex girlfriend of multiple years. But like, it's Austin. <laughs> like. What do we expect here besides like the one of the scummier guys on Bravo and you can at me at that because I'm like 
It's just how I feel. He's been consistent when he cheated on Madison with the two girls and she like filmed her like busting them. Um, Chelsea, he hooked up with her best friend and then started dating her and asked her to be okay with it. But then also saying that he like missed her and like, he's just that, that guy. He likes to have girlies on a string and then when they get too close or things get too real, then he wants to pull the plug. And then when it's somebody that he's actually with, he cares more about the opinions of friends and other people than he does his relationship. So if Craig and Shep are like, nope, your girlfriend, nope, nope, that's not okay. She shouldn't be behaving that way. She shouldn't, whatever. They'll go, like, he'll go along with it. He'll take his friend's side over his relationship. And I mean, I think that was the demise of him and Madison. So I don't know. I'm like, can we be shocked that Austin would do something so scummy? No, not at all. But at the same time, thank God, because that's reality TV, and that's why I'm here to watch and observe and then catch all of you in real life when you behave that way. And I'm like, ah, they're in Austin. Saving, saving friends over here by watching Bravo. You know, and so I hope that, like, Austin figures his stuff out. Um, I And Taylor, I hope all of them do, because, you know, I do wish everybody well, but I do, I am very grateful for entertaining reality television. So the one that I haven't talked about yet is uh, New York City. I love the reboot. I really do. It's not... It's definitely like a younger vibe, which I like. It's very um, sex positive. I love Psy. Can I just come on all of your trips? Can I come on your, on your content creator trips? Because that trip to Anguilla was perfection. The house was perfect. The The spots and the locations, the boat day, like she knows how to plan a vacation. So Sai, bestie, I'm available, invite me, I'm coming. <laughs> I, I love her. The only one that I have a couple questions about is Jessel. Now all the women are trying to say that Jessel grew up wealthy, which I don't agree with. Um, I don't think that she's as wealthy as everybody's trying to make her out to be. I think the posh accent really throws people off and that they think that she's like hiding something, but you can very much live with an uncle who is successful. And you could also have a, a well-off uncle and your family personally not be well-off. So this whole like, oh, she lived with her rich uncle in New York, why, why does it matter? Why does it matter? She has money now, apparently, clearly, to rent in New York City. So, you know, let her live. Also, I mean, she was living in Texas before she got housewives and then moved her family out to New York. So when she said that Tribeca was an up-and-coming town, like, she's not from here, you guys. Like, she doesn't hang out here. She doesn't live here. And again, where I'm like, she's obviously wealthy, to be able to go from like Texas to New York, assuming she lives in Soho or something like that, if she thinks that Tribeca is up and coming, she must live in like Soho or that couldn't be like the any of the villages. I don't know. Upper East Side, maybe. Maybe she only lives in the Upper East Side. That would make sense too. Because I mean, to be fair, like if you've watched Gossip Girl or any 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 TV show from the mid 90s to mid 2000s. New York City, if you were rich, is only the Upper East Side. And if you're not, it's Brooklyn. So it's like, 
ever heard of say, the up and coming comment was just hilarious but i feel like that just kind of like that just kind of shows like i just don't i just don't think a it was worth two episodes of them arguing over it and it just like really doesn't matter and then Bryn, what does Bryn do for a living so she claims that she's a consulting a brand consultant for beauty brands she also made a point when she was like hitting on jenna that she has a thing for wealthy successful new yorkers so she's gonna get you the way that she got them and i was like that's a very interesting choice of words for somebody who's trying to battle the whole uh, most likely got money from men she's been engaged three times she was a yoga teacher instructor while being a patron or a member at the opera at the metropolitan opera so it's just like there's just things that like aren't like the math is not mathing and yet we're very focused on whether or not jessel has money and i'm like we haven't had one mention of bryn's career and now bryn has gone nuts on accounts that have been resurfacing this story saying that you know the show has optioned to omit her career and i'm just like it's i feel like that's next to impossible every single one of the women on that show are so career oriented and like it just comes up in conversation you know what i mean or in a mention or in a dig even like it's like oh i'm gonna tell somebody that i'm gonna hire them as a lawyer like we know that they're a lawyer just based off the fact that there's a, a joke about it so it's just like how did we get what 14 15 episodes into this season and yet still nobody knows what she does and it's like Everyone's giving Jenna shit because she's like giving her brand collaboration products as a gift. And it's like, well, yeah, because how else are you going to promote yourself? Why are you on the show? And also like, if you if you have a platform like this, you might as well be promoting your business on it, right? So it's like, why are we giving crap to what everybody, every housewife on every franchise, the members that have been there for like, a season or like by the way come to my lip gloss launch by the way try my tequila like it's like we don't even need we don't we didn't even ask there's like not even an event happening around this thing and it's like by the way kathy hilton has a pink tequila company like it's like we know we know so it's like it's hard for me to understand where i'm like i i get the like past and childhood and it's all very important but i'm like tell us about your now because like i know i could almost list you off Jenna Lyons' entire resume based off of just watching the season. And I didn't even know who she was before this. So it's like, if I can do that and I can make it very clear, even looking at Instagram pages, it's like looking at Instagram, I know what you do. So it's like, Brim baby, what do you do? I know she's going on Watch What Happens Live one of these days, I think today, if not tomorrow. So definitely gonna be watching that because I'm hoping that Andy's gonna ask about it. And if he doesn't, he better be asking about it at the reunion because inquiring minds need to know. Yeah, that's that has been my Bravo hour rant. <laughs> like, I'm a Bravo addict. I watch all of the shows. I love the Housewives franchise. I love Vanderpump Rules, Southern Charm, you name it. I most likely watch it. And if not, I started it recently and I am binge watching. I'm sure Sav's probably relieved that I got this out of my system, even though I pretty much have a program a day. So like there is constantly so much to talk about, so much to talk about. So thanks for tuning in and listening to me speak long-windedly 
about my favorite Bravo shows that are on right now, and I'm glad we got to do this. I hope you had as much fun as I did, and we will be back next week once Savannah's back. Uh, get to hear all about Virginia, and until then, love you. Mean it.